Hello, and welcome to a Sunday, February 4th edition of the DC Daily Drop. I'm Zach. I'm Tom. And I'm Travis. And today, as usual, we're going to be talking about all of the great DC TV shows that we watched in this past week. Um, But before we jump into the shows that we did watch, there is a new show that got announced um, for the new streaming service. It's going to be live action called Metropolis, set in Metropolis without Superman. Um, Have you seen anything about this, Travis? If so, what are your quick thoughts about that? Uh, I'm really interested about it. I don't know. uh, Is it going to be kind of like Supergirl way of, of Superman showing up? just arbitrarily not like in every episode because if it's like lois lane doing some investigating important uh, reporting and a cool lex luther they got a shady operation going that she's investigating um you're gonna sign me up especially if it's a tv 14 plus or anywhere up like a little bit more gritty i'm 100 percent in well it's before superman I, I don't know they described it as gotham except oh. in metropolis obviously but um obviously tonal differences you know it'd be a lighter tone than gotham because gotham or metropolis isn't as gross as gotham and also the the, there's villains are less crime bossy and more uh big big threats cosmic and sci-fi threats Uh, that uh before superman yes (laughs) but still cosmic threats no yeah. See, exactly. This is this is what uh, it's funny about Metropolis. You uh, like Gotham. You have to either accept that it's going to be all these villains are probably going to be out there before Superman uh, or you just don't. I mean, yeah, but it sounds like it's going to be really focused on Lois Lane and maybe Lex Luthor investigating and stuff uh, doing all that before Superman arrives. If there's no Superman, I don't understand how they'll stop the cosmic threats. Well, just because, I mean, how does how does Gotham stop all of Batman's threats before Batman? It's the same I thing. Uh, the police, but they weren't doing a very good job, so Batman had to come about. <laughs> well, you could say the same. Maybe that's what the plan is for Metropolis as well. I mean, we have very little to go on, but it sounds yeah, like it's a like, similar they premise. Ground it. They could have grounded Toy Man and a ground. Like they could do grounded versions of the. Of the villains before they became villains, too, I guess. Right, and the the Metropolis Police, you know, Dan Turpin and company could have some some cool tech as well to fight back uh, some early threats, I suppose. Well, it'll be interesting, but if it's on the streaming site, it's just another thing that we got access to. So I just like that they're coming up with new uh, things for the streaming site. Hopefully, they'll start doing like one-off movies straight for the streaming site site that will get. We might get that Green Arrow story you've been talking about, Lonnie. <laughs> we'll see about that. But, yeah, I think it's it's a very divisive concept. I know I'm pretty positive on it. Zach is pretty mixed, and you seem a little more on the negative side. But, uh, yeah. I'll give but, it a chance. I'll give it a chance for that's sure. That's all you can ask for. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on to the TV shows that we do know a lot about because we got to see them. Uh, so we'll start off with Supergirl, as usual. This week's episode is titled For Good, and it was a pretty Lena Luthor-heavy, Morgan Edge-heavy episode. What were, what'd you think about this, Travis? Uh, I really enjoyed this episode, I must say. You guys know how much of a fan of Morgan Edge I am, and we get examples of his characteristics right away. He's even mean to the valet guy, which is kind of funny. It just <laughs> illustrates his character right there. And I also enjoyed... Like, Wynn's really curious about the future, but don't want to ask him any questions because he can't know. So that's kind of funny every time that happens. But I had two really struggles, and that was with the both ending scenes. 
somebody, they got to call Flash or they got to call Arrow and learn how to do explosion because that car explosion was <laughs> probably the worst thing I've seen in a long time on TV for action wise. That was pretty terrible. And he jumped out of that car. How could he jump out of that car and have no injuries? Yet that car goes so fast that it could take a jump, go through that fencing thing and fly very high in the air and then explode. Uh, that really took me. And same thing with the ending action scene. I wasn't a big fan of how uh, Lena's mother became Iron Man and then fell out of the Iron Man suit and perfect, perfectly. Hey, a little, little bumps hey, and bruises. But. It's, it's not Iron Man, okay? <laughs> I love William's reaction to the suit, too. But those little two action scenes, I just think they could show, if they shored them up, this would have been one of the better episodes we've seen so far. But I still really enjoyed it. But like I said, those two things at the start and at the end kind of threw me off a little bit from the episode. Yeah, I I really did enjoy this episode. Like kind of the same reason Drew said I I really like Morgan Edge, just how evil of a villain he is. You don't have any, there's no like back and forth of is he good, is he not good. And so I, I liked seeing him and I liked seeing Lily and Luther come back. I, I enjoyed the Lexo suit. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, the car blowing up, yes, that was one of the least good special effects <laughs> scenes I've seen in a long time. I will agree with that. <laughs> um, but that that didn't last too long. But I, I, I like to see Guardian as well. We got a good amount of Guardian in this episode. And, you know, he was really going after Morgan Edge and pretty scary. Like, I think I would watch a Guardian, like a hard, gritty Guardian show. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah, I, 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 well, first off, yeah, Morgan Edge getting out of the car, that was comical how he just sort of gently rolls out and they beat up his suit later when he showed up, but then the car just accelerates. Um, okay, <laughs> like that was ridiculous, but I, I didn't care too much about it. Um, yeah, I, I must like episodes of superhero shows with really limited superhero-ness because this was a really good one and there wasn't much of Kara in the suit and I think I like that that it was a little bit different and focused on Lena, her struggles, what she's going to be. And, you know, she gets made fun of that. She's being like Cat Grant, just acting like she can be her um, and not being herself. I thought that was, that was all pretty good and more development of Lena, which I really liked. And I I guess the Lexo suit was just a nice surprise that it showed up. I wasn't expecting it. I didn't, you know, see it in trailers or set photos or anything like that. So I was glad to see it. And, um, yeah, it was just a nice... I, I enjoyed the episode. Oh, I really loved the suit. Don't get me wrong. I just didn't like how she fell out of it at the end. I thought that was kind of comical that she just came out of it perfectly. None of it came out. Like, I came out her pretty pretty quickly. Right. And she was pretty fine. But I thought that this was one of the better episodes for Guardian, too. Like, I loved yeah. seeing the Guardian. Like, this was a really solid episode. They're just two little nitpicks. Like, I really enjoyed this episode as well. But also, it's cool to see Lena. We've seen it a few episodes now where she struggles with being a Luther and tilting towards that dark side sometimes. And it's, and the other thing is, how does she not know that like everybody in her life got secret identities? Yeah. <laughs> See, I still think she does because I think either she does and because she's so smart and she's just not saying anything about it or she's not as smart as they're trying to make her look on this show. So I hope that she does know and she has her own reason for not talking to anybody about it. Um, but yeah, I one of the things I was really looking forward to in the second half of the season and the season in general is Lena Luther getting to know her better and seeing her try to struggle with turning bad or turning good. And this is probably the closest we've gotten to her actually turning bad. She got pretty close here 
And then also Lily and Luther I'm really interested in. But she came back and I I don't think she said anything at all about Cadmus, right? There wasn't any mention of Cadmus unless I missed it. No, there wasn't. Okay. So I'm I still want to know what's going on there, but it doesn't look like we're going to I don't think they're interested in that storyline quite as much anymore, which is okay because the rain storyline is pretty good, I think. Yeah, and we also had a little bit more movement on the the rain storyline and the other world killers uh, with Dr. Alex showing up and everything like that, Um, but just slowly sort of moved forward until the end there. I had a question for you guys now after watching that episode. After thinking about Morgan Edge, do you think that he's going to piece two and two together that Guardian roughed him up? And Jimmy Olsen is dating Lena, who he tried to kill. You think he might include that getter? Because he's supposed to be pretty perceptive and smart and evil man. I think that he might come up with that going forward, maybe if he has more run-ins with Guardian. I, I definitely, I was thinking that, and I think they're trying to get us to think that when, you know, he had him like over the car or hanging over the ledge. And I was like, you're standing really close to him and talking in a voice that's not that much different than your normal voice. He's going to figure out who you are. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility. They could be going that way. Yeah. Especially with as little as Guardian actually shows up. And when he does show up, that's it's for Lena. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll move on to The Flash. This week's episode titled Honey, I Shrunk Team Flash. That's a good name. Uh, so we got to see all kinds of goofy stuff in this episode. Cecile gets powers. Obviously, Ralph and Cisco get shrunken. Hence the name. And then uh, some some real advancement of the Barry in prison storyline again travis what'd you think of this one? Oh, this this hit for me i really enjoyed this episode three twenty one fifty five three bulbasaur <laughs> i laughed yeah he said that that was <laughs> and she was like why do you think about bulbasaur again he's the cutest one like that was solid writing i it just nailed on jokes and i loved most about this episode was we got to see harry doubt himself and we don't see that too often and we've seen how whenever Harry gets mad, he just attacks and be like a terrible person to other people. So he was being quite frustrating with other people throughout the episode. He just wanted to save him because he knows he can't outthink the thinker. And this is the first person ever that we've seen that he can't get into their mind. So it was pretty cool to see. We didn't see much of advancing of story. But I also like to point out that since the first time we've seen that shady, shady, shady at Warden, I've said that he is not to be trusted, and I'm pretty confident he's going to supply the metahumans as we see going forward. Yeah, there is definitely something not quite above board going on with him. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed this episode as well. It was a lot of fun. Um, I loved the Bobblesaur reference. Yes, that was that was fantastic. I I thought they did a good job with Cecile with like giving her the mind reading powers. I when they first like first brought it up i thought it was going to be maybe too much or too goofy but again i think they did it in a great way and and like you said seeing harry doubt himself is really good because this this is what makes the thinker the most interesting to me is like he's supposed to be a genius and it's really going to take the smarts of all the really smart people on team flash to bring him down and we haven't gotten a ton of that but now we're starting to get more of that and so um i'm excited but one other thing that I noticed in this episode that it just made me think of it because, you know, Barry's like eating the pudding and that's what has the drugs in it, whatever. He really likes that pudding. It made me wonder, like, what is Barry eating in prison? Like, he needs to eat an insane amount of food and he can't tell people that he's the Flash to get that food. So where is he getting all that food? Is he like running around and stealing food from somewhere? So 
I, I'm sure you're not really supposed to think about it too much, but I, it just made me wonder. Well, I don't I don't think he needs quite as many calories as usual because he's not he's not using his super speed as much. So uh, I think it's somewhat proportional to the number of calories he burns. And if he's not running around the world, well, oh, oops, I guess he did um, in this episode. But other than that, he normally doesn't need that many calories. I, I think. don't know, man. He's, he's running around a lot cheating at cards, so. Well, yeah, but that's, I mean... <laughs> Running <laughs> three feet is not very much for the flash. I don't know if I if I run three feet, I got to eat at least two cheeseburgers. It was yeah. against that greasy mayor too, so it's all good. You're letting cheat yeah. you, know, you don't want him winning anything. <laughs> yeah, so I have no idea what a Bulbasaur is, but besides that, that was a it was oh a fun gosh. episode, <laughs> and um, I I enjoyed it. Uh, I did. You know, it was a fun main plot. I think I liked the the B plot that kind of tied in with Barry and Goldberg and freeing him. I liked that uh, had good heart and everything with that, so I enjoyed that. And I'm guess I'm curious how this is all tying together. What what the thinker's plan is because right now it doesn't make any sense to us or to the characters on the show or, or anyone. So I'm wondering how that all ties in, but we know it apparently does. Uh, I can't really criticize Barry for getting caught because I was cheering him on when he was like bringing Goldberg to the uh, monastery. I was like, "Good job, Barry! Way to go!" When he got back, like you can't really criticize him because that's what I wanted him to do. So like, I understand how he got caught, but I think we all like the thinker is going to try and control all these metas and carry some plot. But that's the thing we don't know. We don't know what he wants to do with them. But I assume because we've seen uh, pos- uh, mind possessed uh, metas before, so I think we'll do we'll do that. But the meta in this episode had a really cool power. To be honest with you, like it was like it's hard for them to come up with new things each. Each season, new meta powers, but this was a really cool one, even though it kind of stole a little bit from the atom. But it was, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and it was nice that, you know, they had like that throwaway line about the atom, too, just basically like telling the audience, yes, we know that it's related and we're going to talk about it a little bit. So, but yeah, it was, like you said, it was a very unique um, villain, not really something we've really seen before. All right, moving on to Black Lightning, Lawanda, and the Book of Burial. Um, so we get to see Anissa again testing her powers and we get to meet Lady Eve and um, also see some more development of just Black Lightning. Uh, what do you think of this episode, Travis? Uh, Black Lightning is after a great start. I've enjoyed all three episodes and I think this was the best episode of the week for me. But uh, I, the one, I got a really hot take that I think and I think that Lynn is working for Lady Eve. I think that's why she's hesitant for Jefferson to go back to being Black Lightning because she knows that Lady Eve don't like that's bad for her business, and I feel like that's what's going to happen going forward. Really? Yeah. Maybe I don't know. I I think they're still playing the long game with Lynn. Of they're just going to have her be like the are they going to get back together? Aren't they going to get back together? And that's just going to go on for a long time. And I don't know. I guess I don't. I don't see anything too nefarious. I think the what it's going to end up being is just you know her fighting with with Gamby and with Jefferson about him not being Black Lightning, and we already see her you know moving out of the house, taking kids with her. So I think that's going to be more of the struggle. Um, yeah, the I, I like this episode a lot. Again, I think they're they're definitely taking their time to develop Black Lightning and to like really bring him back. He's not really like fully back even yet but i think he's pretty close there yet but i think they're i think they're doing a good job of kind of 
stretching that out and really making it mean something when he he's fully back again. Yeah, I don't have much to add. This is just continues to be really strong, really good television. I'm I do like that they are slow playing Black Lightning's return in some ways, like you said, Zach, but other parts of the story are moving ahead really fast. And so yeah, I just really like stuff. I liked the Lady Eve introduction. Continue to like Tobias Whale. The there's a fun little mention of the outsiders and Supergirl thrown in there. Okay. I put two in that stand for those two. I was just about to mention those. Is this going to be on the same Earth as Supergirl, you think? Yeah, I mean, it's still it's still very open because you could say it could be on Supergirl's Earth and they can cosplay like Supergirl or it could be they know Supergirl from there on the Flash's Earth and they know Supergirl because she's visited there or it could just be a place where Supergirl's a fictional character. Uh, they're just leaving that all open still, which I kind of like um, until they have to make a decision, but yeah, I mean, lots of really good stuff. I uh, feel bad for the boyfriend. I don't even know his name, but I feel bad for him. <laughs> and uh, and my fit, but highlight was probably Anissa testing her powers in, at the beginning there. it's This is a pretty serious show for the most part. And seeing the joy on her face when she realizes what she can do, that was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I also enjoyed uh, the Gamby and Jeff scenes. We got a few more and we got like a little bit of detective work slash them planning it out. And I enjoy seeing scenes like that and watching them interact. And I can't believe Gamby deleted the picture of Tobias. I just got to know more about that. Yeah. The I guess if I had, I think we all can agree that we really like this show and we've we've liked everything so far. The the nitpick, and I'm sure we'll see this more throughout, is Gamby using the like gloves and the crazy. 3d models but that's like on any of these shows that the technology is just over the top and kind of silly but that is a little more over the top than usual <laughs> i think yeah it sticks out a little more in black lightning because it's so grounded and everything um yeah. so yeah i get that but yeah i'm yeah. curious what's up with gambi what's going on there and the whole middle section um with with everything going on with Jennifer at the the family dinner and Jefferson talking about <laughs> yeah. athletes, but that was just, um, it, it shows their, their parenting style. And I don't know, that was just terribly awkward and terribly fun to watch. It was cool to see them question their parenting, parenting style too. They're like, are we being too liberal about this kind of deal? Which is nice like to see them question it, but ultimately move forward, even though Jefferson put fear God in them. So I don't even think they're going to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it shows a real family drama, and I like that. All right, moving on to Arrow this week. All for Nothing is the episode. We got to see the the fake split teams and Quentin and Laurel. Uh, what do you think of this, Travis? I enjoyed this episode, I must say. I feel bad for Argus because they really don't have a good track record of completing almost any mission. <laughs> so, Although we've seen in Legends they become an authoritarian regime. So it must turn around for them. Maybe they get a new, like, head of Argus and he turns them around because right now they're they're embarrassing <laughs> yeah real disappointing performance by Argus there uh, the whole the team's being split up is just it's gotten ridiculous they just visit each other and share information but only when it's when it fits the plot it's weird how they're split up but yet working together um, what do you think of everything going on with Clinton Quinton and Laurel and her, their hopes for redemption there were kind of shattered with the end of Vigilante. What do you think of that, Travis? 
it breaks my heart for Quentin, man. It's just not fair. Like, he's been around so long. Like, he was so happy how he got through to her. And then, no, like, his face almost looked like how Vince's face looked at the end of the episode. <laughs> when he found out what Flax Otter did. His face almost looked like Vince's. I just feel so bad for him. And I think that, ultimately, he's going to end up uh, helping her turn herself around. But at the cost of his own life, then it will be... Terrible because we'll lose Quentin and everyone will blame you, Tom. I, I mean, yeah, that's that's definitely possible. Uh, I I don't want to see Quentin go, but yeah. Uh, what about the whole vigilante's gone? Kid and James' team is getting smaller, actually, and it seems like Team Arrow is heading back together. Do you think uh, they're going to have an advantage there soon, or is Kid and James enough to take them all on by himself? He had his first kink in his armor after 11 episodes, so that was... It took a while, but I also didn't think... I'm going to be honest with you, I think... I thought Vince was playing Oliver and Dinah and them, so that was... It was a good path, and I also... The flashbacks were amazing. Like, it's nice to see that they're going to still utilize flashbacks for different characters at different times. They already said that before, but we haven't seen much of it, so it was cool to see that. I loved seeing the backstory of them and how they got caught ending into the episode we seen last year. So that was nice to see. But I think that he's not, he's going to be able to handle it, but I still think that it seems like the storyline, they're going to clue it up a little earlier than what I think, unless they throw a big wrench in there, because it seems like this is going to come to a head a little shorter than the 23-episode order. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. The pace they're on is faster than the normal pace, and so I don't know. I don't know if they're going to slow it down, or if Something's going to happen. Ken James is going to have a new plan or, or what in it, you know, to spread it out to the 23rd episode. But um, if I had to guess, I would guess Ken James is attacking Starling City in some form or fashion come May. I'm going to guess that he's going to be captured before May. And we're going to be blown away by that. And right after he gets captured, the, all the, the stuff from the trial is going to come to a head. And we're going to find Oliver on the run to end the season. I mean, they, they got to do something with with the trial. It's, I mean, how long has that thing been going on? Like, there's no repercussions. The heck on the reporters are following it everywhere, asking it every day because the trial's not going. We haven't seen the FBI. I guess the FBI don't come investigate when the city's uh, under terrorist watch or terrorist control. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I don't know what's going on with that. But the other thing is we kind of got a hint that there's a new player behind the scenes at the end of the episode saying that Caden James don't know, the one that uh, uh, made the video that looked like Oliver killed his son. And they're saying that this person got to know Caden James very well, know that he would go immediately do that. But I, I just don't know that if they all think that it's, it's, it looks fake to us when we see it, how does Caden James not try and authenticate that 100%? He's supposed to be one of the smarter people in the world, especially when it comes to technology. Well, he's ruled by emotion and... You know, that he's being fueled by emotion in that. So I don't know how that's going to tie in. I don't, it's possible maybe, uh, maybe there's someone working behind the scenes that has set Kid and James up to work against Oliver. And then, you know, maybe Kid and James is caught early, like you mentioned, but then this bigger threat steps up and, and tries to take over. I, I wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. There's a lot of open, open questions here going forward. We don't know anything the same in flash really we don't know the big bad's plans and we're into the 12th we're going on to the 13th episode now yeah i think that's that's pretty common though uh but 
we know that the Thinker is the big bad in the Flash, whereas we just think Kitten James is the big bad in in Arrow for now. Oh, I miss the days of when it revealed it was Slade and when you knew that Ali Wynette was just to kill Oliver and make him suffer. So, it's so simple, the simple days. Episode 9, I remember it well. They, he spun right <laughs> in the chair and it was him. And I was like, okay, yeah, a lot of people are going to die. <laughs> well, elsewhere elsewhere in DC, the only other show going on was Lucifer Till Death Do His Part. And this was the episode we talked about a while back where Lucifer and Tom Willings, Marcus Pierce had to go undercover as a married couple in the suburbs. And it was it was pretty much exactly what you would expect. Uh, if you if that interests you, you can check that out. <laughs> Definitely. All right, that's all we got for today. Uh, Travis, why don't you go ahead and let people know where they can get a hold of you? You can find me on Twitter at Travis underscore 156. Just drop me a line and we can chat DC or anything superhero related. Awesome, thanks. And Travis, you also guested on last week's episode of Multiverse Musings, correct? Yeah, I guessed it with Adam and Jordan. And that was a, it was a little bit longer of a podcast at two hours, but there's some cool stuff in there if you want to. Take a listen, anybody. Uh, they they do, uh, I think, one a week, maybe. And it's usually a lot of jam-packed content if you want to go and give them a download at Apple iTunes. Yeah, we'll have a link to that in the show notes as well as your, your Twitter and everything. Cool. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow.